keep Rayman Digital on the air through 2020 by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging one to ten dollars a month. Go to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Mm. Oh M me. Fuck yeah. Hello, my children. Fuck you, Chuck. <laughs> Warning. Supernatural the crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, death. Oh, death. Oh, everybody to another episode of supernatural the crossroads i am your host thomas cowley joined with me for the first time of the second half of season 15 is everybody ryan denton yo michael flores and we've also got avian studio with us today hello avi so we are on episode 15 sorry season 15 episode 11 the gamblers officially into the final 10 countdown sad and depressing as that fucking statement is it is true we only have nine episodes to go after this one and while that is depressing it was a nice i would say pickup of the pace in this one this one had a bit of a sense of urgency this one had what? uh more of a drive or or things felt like we were moving towards our ultimate direction after a half of a season of a lot of winding turns and maybe we're going one way with this and, and multiple dead ends. This episode seems to be a little bit stronger with where we're ultimately going to go. And some of that is due to the return of certain characters. And some of that is due to the directing by Charles Beeson and his ability to once again, direct an exceptional scene. He does a good job. He's a good director. Yeah. And that it's only when I think, not to to knock everybody who's been working on the show for years, but when you have somebody who's been as established as him, you can definitely feel a difference than people who haven't done it as often or there's just a different style to each person. And it I really think, is. I think that's one thing that t- TV can sometimes benefit from is when you have all those different directors showing up over time, everybody brings a little bit something different. When you fall into a routine of the same three or five people – the show will fall into a routine as well. Yeah. So it's nice to have a little bit of breath of fresh air to this one. Uh, and we also have Meredith Glenn and Davey Perez working together on this idea, on this episode, that really did bring a bit of nuance, a bit of emotional weight, a bit of soul to the season once about, again. About time. You know, it, it has been a little bit. There's no way, real way around this. I think everything about the episode felt... Right. I mean, it felt our, like it worked. 
Yes, there were those emotional highs. There was the sense of urgency. There was a suspense. I think everything working together just made this episode work. Had lore. Yeah. It had things we'd seen before, but we, you know, we were curious about. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was a. It was a, a solid supernatural. It didn't episode. have a monster of the week that was just there to be there and immediately yep. die that episode, which I think with the final season, we're kind of well and beyond an interest in that simplistic of right. an idea. Yep. Yeah. Truthfully. Um, so with this episode, we did, as Ryan said, got a couple of things, a little bit of new lore, a little bit of old stuff coming back to the surface. One of which kind of cleared up a situation that we have talked about shit for a long time for a long time now due to various other elements that have been introduced over the years but the idea of the other gods and where they came from and what their power status is place in the universe hierarchy hierarchy, yeah. yeah something to that effect how they work why they're in the positions they're in and in this episode we get a little bit of discussion about that and it works pretty well for all things in for all intents and purposes. Uh, at the same time, while I sat there, and I will say, as I was watching it, I sat there, I'm like, this might be one of the smartest things they've done this year in a lot yeah. of ways since introducing Chuck as the villain and, right. and establishing some stuff with the inner workings and hierarchy of deities in the cosmos. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. World building to a certain extent makes your world come alive. Yeah. And after a certain line is crossed, however, you do kind of make it feel small. Well, Counterintuitive. The bigger, yeah. the more elaborate and explained it is, the less interesting it becomes. Right. And I agree because even though it is a catch 22, because the, yeah. the cosmos over the last eight years has been built. It just got bigger and bigger. And it definitely is a much bigger idea since Kripke left. And I think that's why the show continues to evolve and work with this idea. The cosmos suddenly goes from large to where now it's gotten a lot smaller Yeah, with this explanation, but that doesn't mean it's not a good route to go because it's simple and it tidies things up and we're coming to the end of the show and we need things to be cleaned up. Things need to be tidy. So if it does make the cosmos a bit smaller and it makes sense, then I'm on board with it. And I feel like that's exactly what this explanation behind the origins of the gods did. It did exactly that. I like- yeah, and I, I absolutely loved it, especially because way back in the day, <clears throat> we found out that the reason why these gods even have any powers at all was because the humans worshipped them. The, the more worshipers they had, the more powerful they were, um, and, and you know, sacrifices and things like that. That's why the gods that they have fought, you know, in the past possibly could have been so weak that they were able to overcome them or whatever. And I, I just, I absolutely loved it. I thought that it was a perfect explanation of why there are lesser gods or demigods or whatever, but it still allowed their stories to still be true and didn't retcon or mess up any past stories. Well, the the thing that I enjoyed about it was that the way that she explained it was that because we're always familiar with Greek, Roman, all these different versions of basically the same type of gods. And she even brought that up that like, it didn't matter which ones it was. They were all pretty much connected 
to each other. And they were the ones that were taking blame. And he favored God, God, Chuck favored whatever one that was high at the, at the time period, but he was still the overarching God. And I thought that right. was cool how they explained that. Cause I was always curious about that. Cause we'd always heard about, you know, Greek God or Roman God, which are totally separate. And then you've got Egyptian gods and all these different types, A but sex God, sex gods. Yeah. Fucking blowjob gods. You know, it was just, it was cool the way she described it. And then we learned a little bit about how they decipher from him being the, you know, God, God, and what that means to them as gods. I thought that was really cool explanation. Well, that even, that even kind of explains why we had an Egyptian God actually working for heaven in an episode. So, I mean, that, that explains. I think ultimately, I think Thomas, um, what's the best thing? about the the best thing about this explanation is that it it kind of brings something that we've been talking about since the, the beginning of the season it brings more enemies of god to the surface mm-hmm. and this is something we had theorized would happen uh, all the people chuck right. pissed off would end up helping the winchesters in some way yeah and it seems it, it yeah I and mean, it seems like that's exactly what is happening well it's like it it does in I, I to backtrack just a tiny bit yeah. with AV's statement, it works for the most part, but I do think it still kind of punches a few holes in some other stuff that had been established by Dab himself. And we'll get into that. But but we'll get into it's, that. It's it, valid. Which is where I'm yeah. like it it's once again kind of the the crux of a lot of our criticisms with his stuff is that like, okay, this is a cool idea, but but why? And and it for every one step back, it's like a step to the left as well. Yeah. But I do like that it establishes once again, like you said, Mike, this idea that there are other people that Chuck has pissed off, that are other people that could throw their hat in the ring or assist the Winchesters. I mean, it's almost something out of a video game or like Zelda where you have to get all the power-ups and all the, the sword from this tribe. And or the, the Greek epics. Or the Greek epics. You have to be bestowed with all these enchantments and yeah. tools and trickery in order to defeat the entity that you're going after in the first place. So that could yep. be a nice little touch to as in this kind of established in this episode, the old heroes, the old stories of heroes, Greek gods is they pretty much call them that the Winchesters themselves were as a race it. of heroes. Yeah. And at first I was like, that's kind of corny. And then I'm like, but I like it. It's no different <laughs> than time. it's no different than the Winchester Gospel. In fact, exactly. it, it brought back that the idea. Same thing. It brought back that importance. It's no different than the Tales of Hercules or the Trials of Hercules. Yeah. You know, at that point, so that does work. <laughs> Is uh, the other thing that we had in this episode? The big thing for a lot of us that we didn't get much screen time was. Yep. Jack is back. Mm-hmm. Jack is officially back on the board. Yep. And Chuck is in fact afraid of him. Which is something that we've been theorizing, talking about. we seen pretty well and truly established for a long time. But now we have more of an actual definitive statement. And we've got Billy pulling the strings behind the curtains. The real question to that, though, is can she be trusted? She's always been established as a character who's not really one to take sides. Is more there for the cosmos and cosmic balance and the right thing to do from a objective standpoint but that doesn't mean she doesn't have a bit of skin in the game either at this point Mm -hmm. so that might be one of the bigger questions we have moving forward in the last few episodes 
So with that, let's get into the actual discussion here. Ryan, can you give us the synopsis? I please? sure as shit can. Uh, Sam and Dean attempt to restore their luck. Castiel investigates a series of angel murders committed by a resurrected Jack. Mm. Resurrected decent, Jack. At least that's a decent. That's not bad. No, that's a decent synopsis. Yeah. Now, let's talk about I, I, what I would say was the most interesting thing to me personally was the gods and the discussion about their origin. Now, this has been something, like we said, that has been a talking point for many years, not only amongst some other fans, but ourselves on this show. A lot of curiosity, and especially with Dab's run as we've opened up the universe to different things like the multiverse and the empty it made us question a lot of things of how does the hierarchy work? How does this all come together? And I, something that was in Kripke's age, kind of easily explained. Pagan gods were a few things that powerful entities, they were more representative of nature. They were kind of dicks. So let's kill them. No real questions asked until season five, episode 19 hammer of the gods. One of the ones written by Andrew Dabb himself. And this Thomas, this very, thing right here it goes back to what we discussed in the pre-show dab's ideas this whole god idea and this whole hierarchy of the gods was established by dab in yeah. season five and it's something yet that he comes back full circle and makes work and if people want to know what we're talking about we discuss how dab's best ideas were his original ones when it comes to his four-year run so far we discussed that in the pre-show but do you see that point mm-hmm it's crazy, right? If he had just stayed Good ones. with his specific ideas, I think everything would have worked a lot better. I, yeah, probably, probably the, now the idea that the other gods were created, I, I did like how it came about that when humans first really started becoming sentient for lack of a better term or, mm -hmm. or the, went from cavemen to the humans of today or, or our modern concepts, they worshiped things like the sun and the rain and the womb and the stars in the sky and things like that. Tangible things we could see and understand. I like that because that does fit into so many ancient belief systems, ancient religions, things like Helios Story dragging the, the people and exactly. Yeah. Helios, the god of the sun, pulls the sun in his chariot across the sky every morning. You know, things that we explained what we didn't understand. And I've always liked that. And I liked that this frames it in a way that makes them still stay established. But Chuck is not diminished or really an afterthought. And I liked the idea that he used them as scapegoats. Because anybody who's read especially ancient Greek myth, a lot of the gods oh. are written as just flagrant assholes just dickheads dickheads who literally will fuck anything and have no care for humans and are uh, just a bunch of a-holes and with what we know of chuck now in the established universe that dab and the crew have created for him him passing off these dickish tendencies and blaming it on this group of entities works really well i think for the most part yeah. And it does still allow the hero element to be a factor as well. And also maintain that writing aspect as well. That oh, Chuck's yeah. a writer because uh, Fortuna said he also liked that they could be used in epic stories. 
I'm like, well, there it goes again. His whole need to write. Mm-hmm. Everything's about writing. So all of it actually makes sense from a writing standpoint, from a thematic standpoint, and just to everything that we know of Chuck, even during Kripke's run. So this actually is what we've been wanting. We've been talking about that cohesiveness. It doesn't feel cohesive sometimes, uh, you know, what Dab's working on. And yet there we go. This is one aspect that he's managed to really rework. And it actually feels natural. Like, I believe it. I don't feel like this was just pulled out of his ass. It actually feels like an idea that, that, that hey, you know, it's plausible. This could actually be something that's been here the entire time since we started watching this show. Well, and I like the mm-hmm. fact that it actually it filled out the old gods lore, but it also kind of filled out a little bit of what we know or I guess are just finding out about Chuck and his personality and, you know, it's like. I really can't see him being the bad guy, but from her perspective, you know, Fortuna's perspective and her explanation, I could kind of see him, you know, be this dick. And it's maybe it's not just a a rapid turn that we didn't see coming, but we're finally being who he is. Yeah. Real, you know, it it works. All of it it makes sense. It does. The, the only thing to me, though, and, and honestly, it's one of those things that you could just write off. Truth be told, it's something you could write off. In Hammer of the Gods, it was something that stuck with me. And I I remember Holly talking about, human, like, we aren't the only, he's not the only god. Westerners have an arrogance to them. I remember this discussion, so I went back and looked at the transcript from that episode, because I have that kind of time on my hands. Jesus, apparently. wow. <laughs> And she's it's in the, between his whack off sessions. The quote, yes, it is. <laughs> I have plenty of time. They only last, you know, so long. Twenty seven seconds. <laughs> it's not very long. <laughs> she says when they're talking about the Judeo so precise, the Judeo Christian apocalypse. She says the sheer arrogance. You think you're the only ones on Earth. Uh, you pillar, you pillage and butcher in your God's name, but you're not the only religion, and He's not the only God. Now you think you can just rip up the planet, rip the planet apart? You're wrong. There's billions of us. We were, and we were here first. If anyone gets the end of the world, it's me. She's got this bit of rage going on. And so when I hear by Fortuna that God created the gods essentially as these scapegoat characters, and here she's saying he's not the only God, we were part of it. Yes, things have changed. The canon has evolved over the years. That's a 10-year fucking difference that I'm pointing out Again, yes, I realize I'm being an asshole, but in some ways, it's something that maybe Chuck could have just written off as, oh, that's what they think. They think they're just as important because why would you create gods that don't know any better or or that know that they're not truly the all-powerful entities in the universe? And maybe that will come about. Maybe, maybe all she the, learned maybe, something. Maybe all the gods know. don't know. Because that's something that I had said before the show today, Thomas, to you. I specifically said that my only issue with this is um, it would have been nicer if this idea that there's a God that knows something. Mm -hmm. This is horribly being written right now because I'm literally throwing it at the wall right now. But like (laughs) some idea, this idea of this woman in Alaska or this God in Alaska, this idea of luck should have been introduced early on. And then Mm – she should be the only one that has this knowledge. For some reason, this specific God mm-hmm. knows that Chuck created them. Why because not? Then, because then it would have eliminated any questions. Yeah. However, we don't know. Moving forward, we may end up seeing that she is the only God that knows this. 
Well, the thing is, too, it's an easy fix if you have the god of luck thinks that or presses her luck or or does something to yeah. where God Chuck gets mad at her. I mean, that's the story of Zeus and uh, um, Prometheus. You gave fire to mortals. I'm going to make your existence a living hell, yeah. a punishment, if you will. If she, like Deadpool, it's a weird comparison, but if a character knows that they are essentially a character, yeah, they are nothing else, that could make them go insane or, or cause all kinds of mental grief and things like that. So it could it could be easily explained away. So, but it didn't bother me just a tiny bit. But I do like, for the most part, how all of this fits. Yeah. That Chuck is still truly the, quote, creator, the light to the darkness, you know, yin and yang with him and Amara. And the gods do have a power and a place, but they're, I guess, what would be in the pantheon demigods or or just lesser deities to some extent because they're powerful but they can be killed they're creations of his own doing with their own rules and limitations i did like that though because it does fit relatively neatly into the established canon yeah and i do like that sam and dean are heroes the the idea if we're gonna go the route okay if we're gonna go the route of meta-narrative that this is a story being written by someone and they have plot armor as according to last week's episode and limitations now that that's been taken away. The idea that they are mimics or or the last remnants of the heroes of old essentially works. Thomas, what was the, the name of last week's episode? The Hero's Journey. Yeah, so I mean the thing is it's it, very meta it's at this very, point. It's very meta. And I think the thing that I like about this is that all of those old Greek mythology stories and stuff, they make sense to put Sam and Dean in that same category and to give us kind of something that we haven't heard before. I mean, honestly, we, we've heard them being called that they are heroic, but we've never heard them called classic well, it's, heroes. It's almost like putting them into the category of the heroes. Yes. Like, like Hercules. Yes. yes. And now suddenly, and that's why I love this idea too, right? Same. Because, because now the thing that we've been struggling with since we found out about the idea that they have no free will, and then the fact that their greatness was deflated even more when mm-hmm. Chuck took his help away from them, their, his soup, the, the souped up abilities – Suddenly we're left with two people that we're, that we're left thinking, are they even capable then? And now suddenly in this episode, we get Fortuna telling them that uh, I thought these people were extinct. Suddenly we're like, thank you. You frame them in that in the classic sense of the hero. So now the importance of them is there again, the, the whole Winchester gospel angle, because that's something mm-hmm. that always resonated with me when, oh, yeah. when they had said, I believe it was Chuck said, you know, you know, this is all going to be part Castile. of Castile It's going to be mm-hmm. part of the Winchester gospel. And I'm like, shit, they're that important. And since the idea mm-hmm. that Chuck is a villain and he's writing their story, that was ripped. Yeah. That was ripped from us as fans. That it's something that we can know that they, that no matter how, Fucked up their life is they're going to be remembered in you know the bowels of history and now suddenly they're being put into the category of the greek epics the true heroes that these gods thought were extinct that's fucking amazing that is really cool well not only is it you know does it fix essentially what you said when the gospels of winchester kind of you know for lack of a better term pissed on it reinforces 
their importance in this world, in this universe. And we universe. needed that. We and we needed, needed that. We did. And, and I want to point out that they were able to do this and convince her and let her, you know, put them in that heroic category when we were told they don't have that plot armor. They don't yeah, have that exactly. help from Chuck, that they are literally just average. Mm-hmm. They have average luck and they're having to deal with all these other stupid shit that everybody else in the world has to deal with. But they would still stand there and look at her and go, no, we don't need any more luck. We're going to fight for the people in this room. Yeah, I I love it. And it goes back to that whole thing um, that we've been talking about as well, about there's something special about them that out of all the Sam and Deans, there's got to be a reason why these two have never succumbed to killing each other. You said come. So dumb. And this (laughs) idea, once again, strengthens that notion that they're not simply just. Well, they just don't give up. Well, yeah. and I think that's the, the, I think we know by now, obviously, that Sam and Dean, they'll go through their lulls of, of being hopeless or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we can't give up. We have people that depend on us. And this, this, this episode right here is exactly why Sam and Dean are who Sam and Dean are. Yeah. They literally right. are fighting for these people that they don't know. They've never met and they don't like they honestly, they shouldn't care, but they do. Mm-hmm. And they're going up against someone who any other hunter would have walked into that situation and gotten fucking destroyed. Yep. But it's Sam and Dean. And Sam and Dean don't get – they're literally Han Solo. Don't tell me the odds. Yeah. Like it's, I, We're going to do it, and it doesn't matter what you say. And I think that's what sets them apart. And I think it's nice to see them go back to that after the hopelessness of the last couple episodes of like, fuck, we can't beat Chuck. And it's like, no, you can. You just need to get your mojo back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit, to me, it's a little bit of a mixed bag because I, I like, I like that they've been established as heroes again, because that it was a way we we talked about this last week, that if they got it back, no questions asked, no problems, we were going to be less than enthused with that idea because then what's the fucking point? Yeah, if they just got it back. If if it's taken away just for them to get it back and there's no consequences, then why the fuck bother with it? (laughs) Episode 9. No luck. (laughs) Episode 10. Got their luck back. Honda. No luck. Episode 11. Luck is back. Like, why bother? (laughs) Essentially. But what I like about this... The difference, I would say, for me, the last two episodes with that, oh, hope's gone, you're no longer special, and all this stuff was too laissez-faire with meta-narrative. Eh, I took away your hero powers because I'm a writer. That's as far as I'm going to bother with this concept, said the actual writer. Meanwhile, in this episode, though, we have our writers, Meredith Glynn and Davey Perez, asking themselves, okay, how do we get this idea across in a way that works, that isn't just literally us saying. Can someone tell me when did Davey and Meredith Glenn become the best writers in that room? Dude, this like, is what I'm saying. When Dad ago. started writing episodes? Like this, Amy said a couple years ago, and I would agree. It just yeah. slowly happened. We're like, what the fuck? You, have, you literally have the same scenario. A meta-narrative in which a character lo- the characters lose all their luck, and then they have to regain it in some way. Dab went about it saying, oh, well, I'll just literally have the writer that's me take it away because I said so. 
and Davy Perez and Meredith Glynn said, okay, well, why do heroes lose their luck? What makes a hero? Let's build this into the lore. Let's have it be an established they thing by power, their own so action, yep. by their own fucking decisions and action. I'm getting angry because I like Yeah, it. you are. By their own fucking decisions and actions, they proved themselves heroes and then a different god smiled upon them and gave them luck, fate. That's straight yep. out of the fucking Odyssey. Uh, hey, and, uh, man, and this, the, hey, man, this, man, this, David, I have an idea, but it, it keeps eluding me. Uh, no luck, <laughs> but then luck. And then no what? luck, and then luck. Luck, then? Just go ahead and take it. Take it away. Oh. That's my idea. No, just, I go just ahead. want you to run with it. Just go, yeah, go ahead. <sighs> go ahead. Luck, no luck, ponder luck, luck again. You get Wait, it? they lose it and then they get it back again? I like that. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened, dude. And that's why I get annoyed, frankly, because once again, like I said last week, the question was, why can't humans breathe underwater? And Meredith Glenn and Davey Perez went with, well, because let's come up with a lore and all this stuff and put some fucking effort into it. And Andrew Dabbs like, because they're not fish. Why are our heroes luck and fates changing on a whim? Because they're heroes and they have to prove themselves with what they've done. And it falls into the Greek and Roman stories. And then Dabbs like, because I said so. It's it's okay. just well, frustrating. Calm down. Are you okay? Deep breath. Woosa. Okay. Woosa. Woosa. So, <laughs> but okay, so here's something that, that I thought of along those lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're real heroes. Mm-hmm. They won by losing. Right. So is this some foreshadowing? Oh. Perhaps. Oh. I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of what Sam did in season five. Defeats Lucifer yeah. by taking a knee. You know, yeah. that that idea can still Stepper work. And we get a little bit of that foreshadowing that that what would what does this actually mean from Fortuna's words to Sam and Dean, which have to come into play oh, after yeah. so many things of oh, misdirection. Yeah. This has to be what matters. Which she says, don't yeah, pl- make him play your right. game. Don't play his game. Make him play yours. Now, the bigger question is, how the fuck do you do that? When we, can take we don't know the way and use it <laughs> like that- Meredith and Davey did to dab. Well, they, they have they have Jack. <laughs> and that is true. And supposedly, if he doesn't use his powers, then Chuck doesn't know he's back on the board. So then do you use this surprise pocket nuke? And you have to help is him. Is that like a pocket rocket? It is. It has. Is it, is it like so a packet new? <laughs> it's a bigger. It's bigger. Yeah. It's a bigger butthole. A bigger uh, butthole? Yeah, pocket rocket. Do you not know what that is? I don't know if I want to anymore. I thought I did. I don't think I want to now. Okay. Never mind. Anyway. Google. Google's your friend. <laughs> not always. This is, a, this is a work laptop. Private settings. No. The pocket so, rocket makes me babe. <laughs> All right. So the idea that Jack is there, essentially their secret nuclear warhead could be very useful. But just I and I this is, again, where I kind of think maybe Dab is going to follow what Kripke did, but not as well thought out because Sam, through terrible actions, became powerful in seasons four and five, which was the thing that resulted in him kind of being able to stop Lucifer. Drinking demon blood gave him power. That led to various other things happening. What is Jack going to have to do to be strong enough? That's, you know, the question. But we'll get into the Jack bit here 
in just a minute. The overall though, I think we do need to give some praise to Davy and Meredith for this hero aspect that they brought into the story, because not only did it work, they say me, <laughs> I hate that guy so much. Not only did it work <laughs> for the lore of supernatural, not only did it help fix a problem that was established ironically by the showrunner right now, but it also ties into some things that happened a number of episodes ago with a very, very similar statement that they say here, they, they, they don't try to win their luck. They try to save people. And that's the biggest I love difference. That that's very, very smart. That's perfect. It's perfectly Winchester. And it's old school, it's supernatural. old school, supernatural. They matter to us, which rings true to the very same statement Dean had back in episode seven, last call where he, they're like, why do you care? And he says, because someone has to. They care about these regular people because, frankly, who the fuck else will? Even Fortuna herself calls them a bunch of losers. And that had that really, to me, and this is where I like Charles Beeson as a director, that really sobering moment where you pan the camera around the different people. It didn't cut to Sam and Dean immediately to give a top praiseworthy actor's facial response. It cut to regular people who are just sadly here. The me's of the world. The means yeah, of the world, the, the, the average of the world. person yeah. that, you know, somebody just takes a drink and, and doesn't say anything. And they're just kind of, uh, you know, unwittingly answering the fact that they aren't that special. And that's kind of sad, but it also made you like care about them. In I, a just unique really, way. I just felt really bad when she said that. And the one guy, the one lady was like sipping on her whiskey. Like, Dude, right. Yeah. He's like, no, you didn't. He's like this good ass whiskey, motherfucker. <laughs> No, you didn't. Child got, child got some issues. Woo. I'm just, yes. why, why did we become Medea? Why did we just become Medea? Mother of no, God. No, that's the face she made. It was like, mm, girl. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. I'm, it was. She, she drank her drink. No, no she didn't. She had the attitude. Oh my God. She had the attitude. <laughs> didn't she, Ryan? Yeah. Didn't she? She, she did. That's what I. That's what I heard. Terrible people. We'll step outside. I'll take this weave off my head and kick oh your my ass. God. I'll slap you with my weave. <laughs> <laughs> that happened, man. I was in high school once. You got smacked with a weave? <laughs> a black chick dude took her weave. I'm sorry, being a dude with it. I was like, no that way. Like, oh, dude, it's fucking awesome. The best thing I've ever seen. All right. Hey. So unlike what us in the studio, Sam and Dean actually showed that they give a fuck about people. <laughs> <laughs> and I did like that, that mm. they literally drove all the way to Alaska to to try and fix their own fortunes and then when push comes to shove they gave that up for other people and that is really what makes them a hero and that i think to your point ryan and mike is that this is the thing that constantly makes them this version of sam and dean the heroes that chuck is interested in whether he knows it or not this free will this inability to give up and this always putting other people ahead of them more important. Well, this has got to be a thing, then, right? I mean, if they're it has bringing, to make them unique, right? It, it's got if they're bringing it back, and they're creating that consistency there between episode seven when it was very loud and clear. Yes, someone has to care. It kind of strengthens what we've been saying. Are they going to position Sam and Dean into a higher position, or uh, yeah, a higher position of authority of some type in terms of the cosmos? Are they going to play a bigger part than simply, hey? 
were a group of hunters that defeated God? Or are they going to be the very guys that, guys that reset the balance of the cosmos for the good and then they become remembered as such? I, I think it won't be. I have mm-hmm. a thought that it won't be them, but it'll be through Jack. I this, think the Jack surrogate will, child that they've raised. I think Jack will learn have to these play, ways. I think Jack will have to play a part, but in the end, it has to be Sam and Dean. It, the show's about them. Jack will definitely play a major role. I think they're going to be the thing that makes Jack fit that new role, if that makes sense. All right. You want to hear my theory? Jesus. I was really excited. Okay. So Jack said at the very end of the episode that he was eating the hearts of angels to get more power so that he could kill God. And I'm like, well, you can't kill God. That can't be the end game. Unless Jack is the one that's going to end up taking yep. over for exactly. Jack. Now, how that would work, yep. I don't so, know. Amy, it's funny you know. say that because before we, before Thomas got here, before we went on air, that was my theory was that if he is going to kill Chuck, he has to, he has to assimilate or take that place because the, the, the universe needs balance, right? Right. So... If he is can become just as powerful as Chuck and defeat or more, or more so and so. defeat Chuck, he has to naturally become God. You have to fill that void. Yes. Well, th- this. Right. Because he's got to hold creation. This entire together. thing's got to be very carefully done. Yes. Because we also have the statement that was made way back in season five when death said, I will someday even reap God. Yep. Why would he reap, reap God, God if you needed him there? For the balance. Unless because Unless God knows together. all, or death, death knows yes. the whole picture. Right. That's exactly he what I was about He knew this to say. was going to happen eventually. Yeah. And now Billy and does. Now Billy does. And maybe death, okay, so this is getting a little bit weird, but. But this is the if, things they need to death, worry about. If death as an entity, right, or a concept, more so, takes the form of whatever Reaper most recently died. Mm-hmm. Then, regardless of it being Billy or the original Death, it it as a consciousness might know these things anyway. So Death will eventually reap God. You could play that. Into well, you remember it. Billy had Billy had major problems with them until she was killed, yeah. and when she came back as Death, she was like, "I kind of right. see the big picture now." So I don't. So care maybe about the that previous Death knew something like this was going to happen as well, and Billy's just the vessel or form of death that's going to be there to do it kind of like a doctor who thing in some ways same entity but different forms that's for the british fans out there well she's got she's got the ring and you know i I think i also think personality says a lot meaning like if we want to go back to you know the original death Mm. like i I don't feel like death would have ever turned on Sam and Dean. There's something that he liked about them. Oh, yeah. Whereas Billy, I don't think she has loyalty to them. She has loyalty to what she feels, in my opinion, is like the balance. Right. Like things she was about. She's about rules. Obviously, death didn't really care about rules as much as Billy. And that's why he's probably dead. (laughs) If he would have cared about the rules, he never would have got jacked. Well, and that really does fit. Because he brought back Sam's soul and he let Dean die to talk to him again and make things work here and there. But then at the same time, at the same time, Billy did say that she understood why she has not helped them. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where 
that we know or, of. Con- or, or deliberately in our face kind of help. Maybe a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of set the pieces into play. Okay. Part Ooh. two of my theory. Mm. Okay. So uh, the empty said that whenever Castillo was finally happy, then she mm. would come for him, right? What if he has to let Jack eat his oh. heart? That's hot. But is Castiel as powered as a Gregory? Yeah, he's not a Gregory. Gregor, maybe Gregory. something about an angel turned human. But, maybe, but if he just needs yeah. a little top yeah. off, a little I mean, toss he's off? been favored he by needs God a little toss off. That, that'll get the that'll get that'll get a little bit of angel grace in the yeah, back of his throat. He'll be good to go. Oh, here you go, Jack. Looks like you need some grace. <laughs> Oh my god! Hey, Oh, what are you talking about? You are an Jack's a spitter. He's not a swallower. You are an animal. I hate you. You're you're a disgusting person. Why? I was going down the route of maybe that because Castiel. What? How many other angels have turned human and then come back to angel? Maybe there's something unique about him. Yeah, his maybe grace. some sort of. Well, yeah, because he's he's right. been favored by God. To Maybe this some whole sort of patricide too. element where Chuck has to kill this surrogate father figure. You know, I mean, that's straight out of See, I Greek still, tragedies too. I, I still think Castiel. We're gonna forget about Castiel until the last thirty seconds, and then suddenly, when the show is over, I'm <laughs> His serious. Grace is gonna be all the over. He just everyone. kills him, and that's I, how no, the show ends. I think. I think the show. Yeah, the should empty just end. shows up behind. Him. Everything comes to a conclusion. We're like, that's pretty cool. And then the show literally ends with Castiel being taken. And we're like, what the oh, fuck? Yep. And then the, next, you and then the next scene is Liam yeah, Neeson no, I, going, I don't know who you are. <laughs> you see? No, see, I think because then we no, can. No, seriously. Then, it, the last shot is is Castiel yep. smiling. And then they pull back. And yep. there's the empty. Oh, okay. That's boom, we're t- okay, twisted I, motherfuckers because, but I love that that's ending. A okay, up here's ending, the dude. thing though. No, it hold is on. Fucked up, hold but on. It's because. And then you fade to black because the empty. Yeah. So here's the thing. Done. If you do it, because I think that's Ryan, racist. You're thinking of it as that's a pretty dark and depressing ending. Yeah. Mike, if I'm reading I'm you thinking, correctly, you're thinking this is like almost like a, if Chuck wasn't a, a hunt, frankly, but Empty essentially Thomas. in this respect, I think that's a fair description for Chuck. It's a British cunt, yeah, yeah, but British cunt that's or that's twat, like, yeah, that's acceptable. <laughs> He's being a twat. American cunt, no, no. British cunt, yeah, 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 you yeah, can yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, anyway. go ahead. I give you permission. If the empty was more of a, you know, coming to Castile, he's finally happy and is like, "Are you ready to go now? Are you ready to rest?" Kind of element. It could be bittersweet, tragic, but not as dark. No, dude, needs to be dark. You want it to be just and guts like, his throat, and then three years later, no Supernatural the movie, search for Cassier. Oh God! Andrew Dab writing, directing, and producing. <laughs> straight, straight to sci-fi. <laughs> straight, straight to sci-fi. Can't wait. We didn't get Sam or Dean, but It'll we be got girl Claire. Hunters. The indie is Dab. I do think. <laughs> That's right. It, it'll be it'll be girl hunters. Oh, I can't wait. That'll Sam like and Dean had daughters. Ha, be possessed by Sam and Dean. God. This is like one's a, C- a demon, one's an angel. Like, this is like a CW reboot. It is. Hey guys, we're gonna reboot. Why do you think they're casting a younger Sam yeah. and Dean? Oh jeez. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I think Av. I think you're right. I think Jack is essentially going to have to be the ultimate 
weapon against Chuck, but then at a cost of having to take that mantle. Because, I mean, if you look at this, Absolutely. Chuck is a bit of a penis. You know, he's been pissing off everybody, every entity, every human, every religion, every race, every demon, every angel. He has no friends. He's an asshole. He has no friends. He's even got, his sister hates him. His sister doesn't like him. Not his even the son doesn't, doesn't like him. him. Other gods don't like him. You know, Fortuna says, yeah, that's, you know, that's that motherfucker. All right. Which leads kind of credibility to your thought, Mike, of what if we have a misbegotten bag of, you know, the island of misfit toys of heroes coming together to help the Winchesters. Here's the luck from Fortuna. Here's this from this entity. Dude, Justice League Supernatural, dude. Maybe. We can see a bunch of these people rallying behind them, dude, right? to, to help defeat God because they all have a bone to pick. I mean, when you think about it, look at the thing with Eve that was introduced last uh, two episodes ago. Maybe she they, has. They made a point mm-hmm. to say she's, she's alive. Back. Yeah. And, For a reason. Right. Why is she alive? Also, I'm sure we're going to get some closure on that whole thing in Purgatory and how that came about officially with Eve. Because we still don't we know better. that. We're going to talk about that during our 10 minutes at the Crossroads bit. But there's so much they can do and so much they are setting up. And it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, Lucifer, I'm sure, is just about three or four episodes away. He is gonna, he's going to show up. Well, he's awake in the empty. You think so? From the way season 14 ended with him being awake and just banished back to the empty and death setting up stuff behind this curtain in the empty. Yeah. Maybe. I've never wanted Lucifer to come back until now mm. because he's he's right. He's been right this whole time. And I feel like yeah. we have to see him in the end. We ha- The last yep. three episodes... We have to see Lucifer. Well, honestly, if you don't see Lucifer and you end it with Chuck was the bad guy all along, then he is the most fucked over character yeah. in like all of fiction. He really is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a villain, painted as a villain by the true villain, and no one ever thought anything other than he's a villain. Talk about. Wow, uh, that fucking sucks. That's like. Talk about a shitty, like. That's the worst You ending. were telling the truth the whole time and nobody fucking listened to you. Even your own son called you a penis. <laughs> yeah, like, you're a penis, dad. And then he's like, no, he was right. No, I'm, no, I'm being honest. It's the Soil and green is people and Chuck's an asshole. Like, a twat. So, no. I would like, I would like, to, <laughs> I would a, like a to see him come back oh. in that respect. Now, with the other gods and the other entities joining up, though, it kind of raises the question, why didn't anybody talk about this sooner? Well, so, okay. What do you mean? So this is kind of interpretation and questions that have remained unanswered. If God created the lesser gods, and that is essentially common knowledge. We or kind of alluded to this, right? The top it's of it's the show. alluded to. No, I mean, you and I. We, are, we, we, we talked of, about yeah. it a bit, yeah. But if Fortuna knows this, is there any reason why the others don't and or is this common knowledge amongst the various gods? If according to Hammer, I never got the idea that that it. So was then, did something knowledge. happen to her that made her aware of this? Because you're right, she's the goddess no, like, of like, luck. The goddess of knowledge should be the one that would know that. To me, then, yeah, more than luck. Well, well this is like those story logic issues that we have right. and, and we may be overthinking it but i just probably and you had said something before the show started when i mentioned this to you you had a pretty good justification for it because i kind of i said i feel like it would have been mentioned at some point especially since loki slash gabriel's involvement with the gods so mm-hmm. 
if he had associated with the gods, would he not know that the gods created them? And would that information have like Leaked. slipped out at some point to where it becomes knowledge? It becomes part of lore that the hunters would know this. And that's why I have a slight problem with that, but I'm hoping that as we learn more about this, that perhaps only Fortuna is the only one that actually knows this. See, I don't think this is something that the hunters would have known about because hunters didn't even think angels were real right. until season four when mm-hmm. Castiel showed up. Yeah, and that's true. That's valid. Of it. And everybody thought that Gabriel was a Loki trickster or a trickster. Yeah. So even if he had said it, would we really have believed him? And see, that's where I, I do think that it's it does, not that hunters would know it. But it, I was wondering, would the other gods know it? You know, would Odin and Zeus and other entities that we've seen. And who by think, association, this information would be out somehow. Somehow. Or why does Fortuna, the only one who really knows. However, this might be, like you said, Mike, where I'm, we're thinking of it too much. Because if you go all the way back to Hammer of the Gods and they didn't know any better. That they didn't know that they were essentially pawns of Chuck. They thought he was just another god amongst all of them. You could argue that that was the case and that none of them knew because if Chuck had tricked everybody but Lucifer that he was a good guy, I guess Lucifer and Mara, and nobody knew the wiser, nobody would have any reason to think that he created them. Nobody would think I, that he's that much more powerful than them, especially when he fucked off for millennia. I think I'm just being... Well, and it also explains why Lucifer was able to just wipe the floor with all of those... Yeah. Quote unquote, it does fix that during that same episode. Yeah, it just feels a little. Maybe I'm a little nitpicky on this part. Well, it's it's, a, just, it's it, a little it, sloppy. It bothers me a little bit because do you remember a couple? I think maybe it was last season when they explained that Gabriel was never Loki and that Lo, the real Loki was taught Loki. him how to be Loki. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and oh my god, so fucking stupid. Dumb. That sounds so bad when you say it. <laughs> because Dab wrote it. Dab wrote that episode, guys. I, I lost I brain cells. That, that was episode. That was season thirteen. <clears throat> yeah, it was awful. It was it. horrible. But now, hold on a second. Gabriel made it a point to explain the entire pantheon of gods. I I don't know why my father made him like that. Like it, it sounds like something he would say. This is my point. If Gabriel masqueraded as a fake god for a millennia, he would then know. He would have to know that the gods were created by his father. And for it never to slip out, it just, to me, it feels, even though I like the idea, I just feel like it could have been handled a little differently. That it was a secret that not even the the gods knew. And that's why I'm saying I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait till the end of the season to find out if all the gods knew or if only a few knew about this, about their origins. Well, and that's the thing is that it's not that the idea is. Does that make sense, though? Now, it's not that the idea is inherently bad, but that its execution is a bit sloppy because there were other episodes written by Dab that establish other gods and other deities exist. And if you explain it, but nobody else but Fortuna knew this, then you have all kinds of questions about it, especially because Gabriel was hanging out one-to-one with them. If Gabriel <laughs> stayed dead forever, and it was just his, I don't think they'll ever come back to this. It was his trickery uh. and his, his nobody believed him because he's a fucking liar all the time. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I, I don't think they'll ever come back to this. I think it was a 
Yeah, and that's it, sadly it was a box. The they were. Ch- it was an explanation, and it only. Yeah, never it was a box they're checking off. It, it's, yeah. it's closing out the season, and again, I like it because it's tidy, but it does bring up some questions in terms of story logic. Like, why wasn't this brought up sooner? Why didn't we hear about this? But it's not a deal breaker. It's just it's one of those many things that we have said for the last how many episodes have we liked now? About three in a row, roughly for the most yeah. part. And what have we what have we said? It's sloppy. It was sloppy getting here, but now that we're here, it's okay what we're getting individually in these episodes. And it's more of that. It's like, wow, you just threw this all together and got us here. And now that we have those ingredients, what you're making with it is fine. But I don't don't totally agree with how we got those ingredients. It's like I said, I think last week, it feels like a first draft. All right. You got a a general idea of what you want to do here. Let's refine it a bit. It's like, nah, let's just send it off to Prince. It's like you have a shitty cook who's in charge of the kitchen and he has two good cooks and he's like, hey, here's my shitty ingredients yep. and you guys make something really good with it. It's, I like, got below, it's like I got on the s- chopping block where they're given like a like a, a rotten like broccoli head and like um like a, a, a gizzard from a turkey, mm-hmm. like make something delicious. Like what the fuck? That's what Meredith and David have You have half a do. can of beans, an ounce of Spam, three old cherries, and some broccoli. Oh, I get it. Make something work. And you're like, I w- the <laughs> fuck? I was going to say a different analogy, but. Is it sexual? Yes. Okay. What is it? I was going to say that this season is basically, you know, it's like picking up a fat girl at the bar. But oh. then when you're inside of her later banging her, you're like, well, we're here already. So <laughs> might as well finish, right? <laughs> what? I can't say I agree, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe that one would work. You're insinuating that there's something wrong with fat girls. And no. I, I'm not going to agree with that. <laughs> People can see you in the video. I'm, I'm not going to agree with that. Okay. Fair enough. Liv Tyler's attractive. <laughs> Wait, is she? No. All right. Anyway. I got to Google Liv Tyler it's, it's ultimately It's ultimately that really? it's not inherently bad it's just kind of sloppy it's a bit of a mess yeah yeah okay you want to introduce how the gods interact in their hierarchy and that humans worshipped other things so Chuck got a narc on and decided to be a dick about it yeah that fits with what's been established but then the question of well did they know this how powerful are they are they self-aware because of a previous episode punches some holes in it yeah I'm just happy we've had three good episodes in a row can we can we all be excited about that? Absolutely, because I feel like that's the one thing I was, that I was kind of lukewarm on the last one. I don't know if you listened, but but, yeah, but you but still it wasn't you awful. Didn't hate it wasn't awful. You didn't hate no. it. and I think that's the biggest takeaway from this is that okay, because we keep saying we want them to shit or get off the pot. Uh, well, yes, so exactly. it looks like we're starting to actually take a shit. So I'm I'm okay <laughs> with turtle this. heads finally peeking out. Yes, we are a turtle heads peeking out, and we're getting shit that that actually makes sense. And yes, it might have sucked getting here, but we're here. Yeah. Okay, and I, I think now it's time. Like, and to go with that, and, and to move us along, in light of the, all this info with the gods, it does seem like Dab is getting ready to start checking off elements to close out open-ended mm-hmm. aspects before the end of the season. And I think this god aspect is one of many we're about to hit. I have a feeling that the next nine episodes are going to be very similar. We're going to hit those high, those high areas, those high moments that need to be closed out. Everyone, every fan out there. Every fan of Supernatural that's been watching for 15 years, we all have one in our mind. We're like, that's never been pop- properly closed out. And I'm sure they're going to try to hit as many as possible to start tidying yeah. things up, especially mm-hmm. since we don't have a spinoff. 
But yeah, we don't have a spinoff. So it's time to just wrap these big things up. And that's, again, going right back to Eve. The fact that the writers mentioned Eve a few episodes back, I'm assuming that they're going to circle back to that. You don't bring back a character like that and mention that she's fucking alive unless there's a reason for it. Yeah. The idea of these other entities, too, teaming up with them, if you bring Eve into the forefront, Michael's returned, the gods have a narc on against Chuck, it all could work. Can you imagine Adam... Um, Michael, I should say, Michael and Eve, Fortuna, Lucifer, Jack, Billy. I mean, is that not how Chuck took out Amara? Yeah. Dude, I think it would be pretty cool. A little bit of poetic justice in some way. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because you notice in the the previous on, or the thin segment, um, they brought back um, Michael. And how he was mad that God mm-hmm. lied to him. Yeah, they got to go back to that. So once again, I think the biggest weapon that they have, though, is Jack. And this is where I think a lot of the mystery is going to come into play. Because Jack is is back, and Billy has clearly got some sort of plan. She is putting pieces together to definitively, it seems, defeat God. Whether or not that'll work, we've yet to see. But this might be one of the more interesting elements because, as we said earlier, this incarnation of death is very objective, is very much about balance, is very much about the Winchesters who are fucking things up, so I'm going to stop them until she learned about the bigger picture. And now, for lack of a better term, Chuck could be the one who's been fucking things up, frankly. Introducing characters and creatures and entities like the Leviathans and gods and Eve, just because he's bored and throwing them away, casting them aside, and then going to humans, and then ah, I'm bored with this too, and playing fast and loose by making Becky and other people disappear and killing indiscriminately. Now, yes, that's what God's kind of always done, but maybe now that Jack is on the playing field, now that there's an entity that could stand up to him, she's got something in her mind, a way in which to take some action against him and we thought beforehand that death taking sides would mean something favorable for sam and dean but i think the bigger question at this point is what if it's not exactly favorable what she's not their friend she has only ever been portrayed as somebody who's looking to do what's objectively right right for the for what she's doing at the time yeah what's billy's true motivation exactly what is she getting out of this? I Why mean, does she care? I mean, honestly, if it's as simple as maintaining balance and control over the cosmos, okay, I, I can I can get behind that. That makes sense. That's consistent. It's simple. But that balance may not be a good thing for Sam and Dean as well. Hmm? I don't no. see a way in which it is. I don't see it being it. I mean, I remember way back in season six when they're trying to, like, we're going to kill the Sisters of Fate. I'm like, you guys are playing pretty fast and loose with how the rules of the universe work. And you got to remember, there's a Reaper riding shotgun with them still, last we know. You remember yeah, Billy put, put a, a Reaper to keep an eye on them. You don't just do that unless you really need to keep tabs on these two gentlemen. Well, and one of Billy's big storylines or, or through lines for her has been cosmic yeah. consequences. Well, and I think that comes back to her element of motivation. Why get involved 
what about now mm-hmm. is different? And I think that That's obvious the answer with that, I think the obvious answer with that is Jack. They have always killed off every Nephilim prior to this moment. And Jack made it to, right. to you know, his first birthday. Yeah, see, that is the big question. That's the big difference. That is the big question because that's the thing that kept going through my mind. Like, why now? Why is death Mm -hmm. getting involved now? Chuck has literally (laughs) been messing with shit forever. For a forever. Forever. Why now is death going to get involved and say, enough's enough? And you're right. It has to be the Jack situation. And the fact that they did during Dab's run make it a point to say that God made it a mandate essentially to put down Nephilim. Right. Well, here's the thing. If you look at the bigger picture that they've described, like Billy is probably looking at the universe is supposed to be light and dark and Chuck locked away the darkness so that he was so important that he's the only thing that keeps the darkness, the monsters at bay. If he were to fall, as we see in the trap, the monsters win. That's not balance. That's not cosmic, right? Balance in any way. Chuck decided that all Nephilim must die. Anything that he could, that anything that could come toe to toe with him has to be eliminated. That the Winchesters who threaten him now must be eliminated. He's the one who shut down entry to heaven and opened up hell. That's not exactly balanced when you have thousands and billions and trillions of souls. I mean, this, this, could be the way in which you fix the veil, restore heaven's power, return every entity back to, you know, hell, stop the monsters, because all of this ultimately is a result of Chuck himself being a dickhead about the rules and what interests him. And there has never been anybody, even compared to her own powers, who can stop him. He has essentially made sure that the darkness was locked away. No Nephilims were born and no one can do anything about what he can do and what he's able to do. Whenever he gets bored, he makes a new universe. So now that Jack is actually on the board, she has a way to stop this rampant child, put Jack in place as the source of light. Amara's free as the source of darkness. And maybe the, the universe could actually balance itself out now. Yeah, I could see that being her big play. That's the only thing that they've established consistently since her introduction in season 11 as a driving force for her. Yeah. Play by the rules. And also, since we have their involvement, this leads to another question and a thing that they should probably wrap up before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Now that they have tidied up the whole God scenario, uh, they should probably do the same thing with Reapers and Death. How did they get involved in the escorting of souls to their proper resting places. Like how did they get involved in something dealing with God's creations? Why do they take it upon themselves or let's say God bestowed this on them? Why are they listening? Why do they care? These things are, are issues that have to be also closed out. Now death meaning Billy wasn't playing such a big part of the final within the final season that I'd be like, yeah, we don't really need to know. It could be one of those, the mysteries of the cosmos, mysteries of the universe that we don't really need to get into. But the fact that the Reapers and death are playing essentially a very big part in this final season, I think it's something they have to, they have to get into who created them. I mean, ultimately she is playing a role and she's been working with the empty and they need to explain some of why they care. 
Uh, yep. So yes, and you know some of that seems to be starting in this episode with Jack saying that Billy brought him back deliberately because Chuck is afraid of him, afraid of his powers, and through whether it's her own abilities or just telling him, "Hey, don't use your powers," and he won't know any better because he's off being a dick somewhere. He's afraid of him, but he doesn't know that he's back. And I think this is something we've, we on this show especially have been waiting for this moment for a long time because it officially states that Jack was never supposed to be a part of the story. Truthfully, he is a fuck up. It was an element that was brought into play because of Lucifer, the one who always told God. It's an anomaly. And that kind of almost fits way, way back in season 12 when he was in, um, Rick Springfield's character telling him, I'm just going to smash and smash right. all of daddy's toys yep. until he comes home and does mm-hmm. something about it. And suddenly and Jack em- is the embodiment of that right. because he came home and did something yeah. about it. And it gives way. Yeah, because what's the one thing that angels Fuck. are not supposed to do? Oh, now? that too. Procreate. Oh, is that the, is that the proper word for it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Make love. They're not allowed to make love, Thomas. Oh, make well, no, they can. No, make love. They can just don't come inside them. Just don't make sure yeah, you just, have a kid. Just don't don't come inside. Oh my god! Is there like an angel like condom? Angel condom, where it protects the grace from it's, getting inside. It's a hex bag. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you tie it at the end of your shaft. Yeah. Oh man. You have to make it. You have to make it out of Wendigo uh, scrotum. Oh. <laughs> Stop. You gotta put a scrotum over your scrotum. <laughs> Damn. That's not how condoms that work. How you, that how you wear a condom? <laughs> no wonder it doesn't work for you, right? Yeah. How many kids do you have out there? <laughs> Who knows? Wait, you, hold on a second. Let me get this on my balls real quick. All right, baby. Your I'm balls ready to are where, go. The, where the semen is, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're an idiot. <laughs> oh, no, I just God. play one on TV. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> that does fit into... And, and you know, dude, now talking about this out loud, that makes me more mad at Dab for not sticking to your own ideas from the get-go. Yep. Because if you had done that way back in season 12, and then J- Jack is the center point of 13, and it leads into the problems of 14 and reveals Chuck, like it all fits a hell of a lot better, had just stuck to one fucking concept. It, you remember when you you learned how to, when you were learning how to form ideas in English class, I want to mm-hmm. say like in third grade or fourth grade? You have a when topic you, sentence. You, you, yeah, you learn how to write word bubbles, like word clouds. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's what Dab did. Yep. But then he never brought it together. Yeah. Because these ideas all work. This whole idea of this nihilistic, you know, Lucifer, and he went and did something he's not supposed to do, and then suddenly it actually, this entire Life thing. finds a way. Yes. And the fact that Jack is now the very one that can kill Chuck, suddenly, w- once again, it, bre- it actually, for the first time, in my opinion, brings weight to that aspect in season of 12 that we were wondering Why? where to go. Yeah. Why did yep. we do this? Well, now we know because eventually three years later, it was going to play a part. And listen, Kripke did that. He would set things up season two and it would pay off season four, season five. So I'm not saying but that's it was a bad thing, but the thing is, is that he never let you forget about it. Yes. If it was going to be a major thing and Dab- always built onto each other. Whereas dabs have just been Kripke built staircase to something and dab just has a bunch of like floating yeah. boards in a pool yeah there's an argument to, <laughs> like they're there <laughs> there is an argument to be made much like what we just did in our pre-show and i hope people listen that dab's ideas were great 
The problem came when he tried to redo other people's ideas. But if he stuck with all of his ideas, we'd be a lot I think we'd be in a better place. Instead, he would use his ideas and then go and like morph other people's ideas, showrunners, whether it be Carver, Gamble, or Kripke, and rework them. And that's when the problems persisted. Mm. But whenever he did something unique and stuck with it, and stuck with it, it worked. And that's that was one of the things we loved about the first half of season thirteen. Felt like it was going somewhere, and the second half didn't. Yeah. So, Mm. I have a question. Could it? Could it be the influence of Robert Singer? Maybe. Like for, for you mean negative the negative aspect? Not letting well, not not letting him Well, it goes back to the, what I was saying earlier about his lack of confidence. Because when he has an idea and sticks with an idea, it seems to work. But then you could possibly see maybe Robert Singer's influence going in, going Eh, man, we've never done it that way before. I mean, so why don't we do you think it about way? it? I mean, that's a valid. Carver was stronger it, when it was just him. I mean, I love Carver's run, but his best season is arguably the it season is. where Robert Singer was not involved. Yeah, which was his final season. Yeah, the one he was before. It he could got be. It, it could, maybe we're. Yep. I mean, listen. I'm not saying. Dab's still not a great showrunner because a sh- no. he he needs to be able. No, no, because if he it, if he lets yes, somebody yeah. else boss because, him around to the point where he's now co showrunner or maybe possibly demoted to just a producer, executive producer, whatever. Then well, behind the scenes conspiracy theories here. I mean, there's a reason why Robert Singer suddenly got demoted for season eleven. I guarantee you, Carver, you don't fuck with Carver. Carver's very strong-willed. He has a strong personality, Mm -hmm. and he probably had enough. That's how I look at it. Like, listen, dude, you've been riding on my shoulders this entire time. This is my final season before I, I jet. I don't want you. You 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 drop spoilers on Instagram and then try to pawn it off like it's the set of Lucifer, you fuck. You ruin a major reveal. Yeah. Because you decided to get on Instagram and tweet out a cage. Like, I have a feeling thing, a lot of people in this fandom, and I think it's a good thing, you know, but a lot of people in the fandom like to pretend that this is all rainbow, rainbows and it's puppy not. dogs and everyone gets along. This is fucking Hollywood. You know. They're stabbing motherfuckers right. in the back. Who got completely shit-canned yep. blamed for a drop in ratings and who's still around? The gamble? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Who's on top of her game? was still there. She's never failed. Well, that was someone sent me an email about that uh, actually recently saying that. Who was it? I don't know if they want their name mentioned, but they they specifically said that there are rumors that Gamble was left to fend herself during seasons left to fend for herself. Mm -hmm. And that's why she got blamed for the ratings in season seven, because uh, Singer would not back her up. There was a rumor that he also had a hand in getting her fired. And then Carver shows up. Yes. And he con- tries to control, and then Carver kicks his ass And that's out. when he becomes co-showrunner for every yep. season moving Dude, forward. holy fuck. So, Conspiracy theories are going wild right wow. now. Wow. Well, he is the... You're welcome. The, the, that single element that... Is consistent. Yeah. I'm tingling. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's, a whole, that's a whole bonus cast... You're welcome. ...discussion, truthfully. But... Robert Either Singer's way. listening to this right now. He's Motherfuckers. Like, they figured it out. Bitch. They figured it out. <laughs> I was fans of these guys when they just blame Dab all the time. Motherfuckers. 
Oh man. Well, the the thing is, had Dabs. It's a Scooby Doo episode. Dude, we rip off Dabs Robert mask. Singer. And it's Robert Singer. <laughs> I would have got, away, got with it. away with it too if it weren't for yeah. you meddling kids, meddling podcasting losers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Had Dab stuck with this entire concept from the get-go, it might also explain one of the earliest bits of foreshadowing with Castiel originally sparing Kelly and the reason Jack's even here in the first fucking place, that vision of a utopia that was talked about. If Jack takes over for Chuck... I thought about that, too. Because he was was all about killing um, Jack Mm -hmm. until he had that vision right. of jack's yep. gonna make and this it all, all fits better. into that idea of why chuck told everybody every angel don't ask questions just kill nephilims yeah so with chuck or uh with jack's return though he's you know got a new diet he's on uh like paleo but it's gregory was it clarified why he was doing that it's simply alluded to that it makes him more powerful did they they just alluded to it they right? didn't say she's yeah. like i have to do this i the hearts made me stronger but why he ate his wheaties that morning why hearts though and that doesn't make sense why not angel grace well, the, especially because angels possess humans. Their grace? Well, it's easier so to the get point? the heart out of their chest than whacking them off and getting their grace. So he just cuts them open and takes the heart out. Jeez. Yeah, you just slit their throat and you drink the grace like a hickey on their neck. Yeah, some guys are into that. I'm saying, seems a lot cleaner. Maybe their grace is contaminated because of what because they feed off you human know, soul, yeah. Yeah. human souls. It was kind of a. It was. They, it felt like a last thought. Oh fuck, we didn't explain this. We do, just came up with the visual. Do they really need to explain it to us though? Like, no, is this something that really needs to be always did, eat your breakfast? But, but it's a new bit of lore that kind of came but, out of nowhere. Like, okay, but, a Nephilim can eat the Gregory well, heart and suddenly they're it, a monster. They're a Nephil- werewolf. Is it because he's a Nephilim or is it because he came from back from the empty? Well, here's the thing. We got it. Like, that, that's, that's death. That's death a good question. Yeah. Just like. So this actually kind of feeds. Into Maybe the, he's a zombie. Maybe he's undead Jack and he needs <laughs> to eat hearts. This kind of fits like into that. the concept. We are the discussion we had about <laughs> with HR zones comment earlier where season five introduced the rings yeah and it was something that they had to build up towards to defeat lucifer back in the day maybe this is going to be the gregory hearts are part one of some sort of spell or checklist of items jack needs in order to obtain a sufficient amount of power to go toe-to-toe with chuck chuck and i think yes and i think that's where (laughs) The theoretical drama will come from the last bit of the season because what does Jack have to do? How dark is this checklist going to get to make him powerful enough? And are the Winchesters willing to make those sacrifices, whatever they may be? Kill Claire. Oh, well, what that's if, easy. What, what if that's on his checklist? Right. And we're all, we'll have I have to day. kill. Who's this? Nobody remembers. It's irrelevant. Just kill her. Just kill her. Just stab her right in the fucking face. Oh, God. multiple times. Twenty-seven stab wounds, <laughs> right to the forehead. Hard to kill fake Bobby. Okay, he <laughs> literally says fake Bobby. It's it like say all, Bobby. all the characters people don't like very much. <laughs> that's how they wrap up those things. Oh God, that's amazing. Well, who's someone they don't like? Give me a name that they don't like. Charlie's still like. out there. Oh, kill fake Charlie. Fake Charlie. Check. Find a ghost like of Kevin and like, kill hey, it guys, again. Does this list make sense to any of you? I'm just wondering. Like. They gave me this. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's let's get into our final thoughts here. Avi, we'll start with you this time. What did you think of the episode overall? What rating do you give it? Oh, You're going to make Avi go first again. I really liked That's it. That's fucked up. What? Yeah. 
He made you go first last no, I time. Did. I and, think I did. And yes, you did. Oh, did and I? then she loved the episode and then we shit all over we, it. We absolutely <laughs> took a fat dump all over it. I'm I'm really kind of afraid you guys are going to do the same thing. Um, okay, so you'd switch to Ryan then. Yeah, right. I'll go first. Yeah, don't do that. So, Avi, I'm not going to take a fat dump on it. I actually like the episode. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I actually really like this episode. I liked the concept of Sam and Dean being the heroes of old. I think that really, I'm a big, like, Perseus, Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Like, yep. I really, really like those those class. Yeah. yeah. Persephone. Mm. Xena, Warrior Princess. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, dude. Oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I liked, I liked that they, they, they went that route because we've always, we've always likened Sam and Dean to heroes and, and heroic, but adding that kind of twist to it really helps to look at Sam and Dean as, as that type of character. So I really enjoyed that. I actually really liked the bar scene. I liked, cause I, I enjoy playing billiards or pool. So it was a cool, You're and, a bro, I, and I love the color of money. I love that movie. Um, so watching Sam and Dean, watching Dean hustle was kind of, kind of cool. Um, well also because they, that's what they started the show. With. Right. Yeah. Was them trying to hustle to make money and yeah. stuff. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, well, and I think it I'm, also goes to show you just how good they are because they were still able to, to, to hustle everybody and play good pool when they were just average people. Exactly. Exactly. Cause that's not something that like is a, you know, a heroic skill. No, you're just really good at hustling people. That's, that's not, you know, not a heroic skill. Um, I, I'm so glad that Jack's back. I think we were, I think he spent the right amount of time away. I love the explanation on why he was gone. Um, which like Thomas said earlier, that leads us to like, okay, what's Billy's playing at? What's her game? Right. What's so we've added enough. Yes. We've, we've explained why Jack is back, but we've added another kind of sprinkle in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is Billy playing these games? Um, and I liked, I like the whole aspect that Jack, you know, that Chuck is afraid of him. I like that now Sam and Dean have a weapon and not just a weapon that is of circumstance. It's a weapon that is team Winchester. Right. And I enjoy that. And I enjoy that. We keep seeing these other uh, gods or, you know, whatever it is pissed off at God, pissed off at Chuck. I enjoy this aspect. I like the route we're going because at the end of the day, the enemy, of my, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And oh, look I, at you! And I enjoy that Sam and Dean are are exploiting that. So I'm going to give this episode. I really like this episode. Um, so I'm going to give this an 81. I enjoyed it. Okay, 81 from Ryan. Mike, what about you? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to keep it simple and very short. Um, I'm gonna get it an A. I'm gonna give it an eighty-four. I, I, I don't have a problem with the immediate episode. Again, I don't like how we got here. I feel like it's a lot of sloppiness thrown, and then suddenly, boom, we have something good. But again, looking at this as an individual episode, those thoughts can go into our next quarterly or you know our end of the year wrap up. But as an episode, and what they are continuing from previous episodes. I feel like this is the first episode of the season where it has that sense of urgency that we have been asking for that something matters that this is it. 
the soul of Supernatural was also captive was also captured in this episode. You had the the very basics that make Sam and Dean do what they do, saving people. And that's what took priority over this entire episode. And because of that, it led to the next logical step in their journey to become heroes or to. I want to say, um, continue on their journey to defeat God. I think that's a better way of saying it. And the idea that they brought importance back to them and, you know, putting them into the same category as the Greek gods of old. I mean, that's fantastic and it works. And it, it's this episode essentially did everything we've been asking for. How can I complain about an episode that literally gave us what we've been asking for? Is it perfect? No. But if Meredith, Glenn and Davey and Barron's was running the show, it might have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you're only as good as your showrunner, and these writers are doing their fucking damnedest. Yeah. So I, I think they did a good job, and also Charles Beeson as director. I mean, that opening teaser, I loved it. The, the entire way that bar was captured from the very beginning. It was cool. It was just executed very nicely. So, yeah. Okay. Avi, what about you? <clears throat> well, now I don't feel so bad. Um, <laughs> I... I really liked this episode. Um, this was probably um, my favorite of the last few um, that were so good. Um, going through my notes. Um, I just, I loved the interaction between Dean and Sam. I loved Sam being smart and he's constantly thinking and realized that something shady was going on. Um, and I like, that Dean took him at his word and um, went with it and let him play the, uh, you know, the game of pool. And, you know, cause before he would have jumped in and would have been like, Oh no, I'm going to save the day. But you know, Sam is smart and he knows it. So he let, he, you know, he let him have it. Um, Cass and Jack. Um, I think it was smart for Cass to be the one to find Jack. Um, and can I just say the waitress and the sheriff, I really liked them. Like I actually made a point to go, you know, these guys are actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They're good, uh, side characters. Didn't feel, yeah. this is the difference between a sheriff that I'm like, all right, I buy this guy as a sheriff who genuinely cares. And I could have been the next Denzel. <laughs> right. what, what are you talking about? That was awesome. That was fucking. <laughs> um, I fucking Dean the whole time. <laughs> well, who, who wouldn't? I would. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the bar itself was really kind of cool. The idea of the bar, um, like you were saying, Ryan, you know, it, it's literally some of those Greek and Roman myths where, you know, there's this place where you can go and you can enjoy yourself. And you're always allowed to leave whenever you want to. Um, but the trick is you end up never wanting to. So you end up staying there and dying. So I, I loved their twist on that. That's that island mythology. that uh, Odysseus stays at for like yeah. 30 fucking years. Right. Yeah. That's um, a lot of whacking off, dude. 30 years. In the there's same a island. ton of women there. That Where's the banging. hot sirens? They were there. Do you not? Have you not read the Odyssey? He did do a lot of banging. I guarantee it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, There was a, a, a shout out to the rabbit's foot, which I thought was fun. <laughs> um. And so the reunion at the end, 
um, I thought was really awesome. Um, you know, I think Dean's back to trusting everybody and he's over his anger issues for the moment. And, um, you know, we've got all four members of team free will, you know, back together. And, and at the very end of this episode, you know, with, with seeing them all together and everybody's on the same page and we all know what's going on and nobody's fighting or lying or pissed off or whatever. It really does feel like it's going to be balls to the walls from here on out. Yeah. I really feel like the, you know, the tension's kind of been picked up and the momentum's kind of starting to pick up and I'm pretty excited to see where it all goes. So I'm going to give it an 89. Hey. Damn. Damn. And Thomas ruins our score. Right. I'm going to bring the curve down here for a minute. And get a 60. (laughs) It was good. It was good, but I definitely going to give it a 55. I'm going to nitpick it and give it like a 45. Don't, don't not do not rate it on what you want, Thomas. No, I know. So I I did like this episode more than perhaps since episode five, Davy's last episode. Mm-hmm. Proverbs is oh, probably you got a Davy boner, don't you? I, dude, yeah, the guy's a good writer. Yeah, this to me was a perfect epitome of writers who give a fuck. When I compare Dab's kind of. Fast and loose with meta narrative and just, oh, it's because God took away your powers because, you know, he's a dick like that in the very last episode. And why did they lose hope? Eh, because, okay, uh, I guess we're going to throw the whole bullet concept out the window with the last two episodes. Here is Davey and Meredith working their asses off to try and find a way and and delving deep into Greek and Roman myth and, and stories of heroes to bring something to light that's both familiar from the Gospels of Winchester concept, but also refreshing and unique. In hindsight, this seeing a lot of this stuff coming to pass could make a lot of what Dab has set up throughout the years, I use that phrase loosely, come together in a very nice crescendo, but it's, it is a shame that it's taken out of 20 episodes, 11 for us to get to an idea of where we're actually going. And again, this is, you know, I really fucking hope that's the case now that Jack's back, but it's a shame that it's taken so long, but this episode is a strong installment. It feels like we're on the right path. The stakes have changed. Jack is back. Billy's playing a role in this. I have a lot of questions and intrigue that aren't questions out of left field or of why are we doing this and how is this going to matter? And more of why does this character deciding to help them how is this going to come into play what is the ultimate pan out of all of this stuff i'm excited for elements like eve that have been introduced and things that are a little bit still open-ended because it feels like there could be a strong setup for this sort of you know supernatural justice league to come and save the day and i think this might be where i do give dab a bit of credit where if all these elements from back in season 12 do plan pan out and mean something in a cohesive whole. It's just a shame that he lost confidence in his own abilities and his own story about halfway through season 13. And we faffed about on so many different elements for so long because the crux of what is here is strong and can work. And it shows that in this episode with strong writers who give a damn, you can make any idea work. You really can. And even if something as silly as taking away plot armor and then giving it back in the very next episode, they did a good job with that. My only question, and this is a subjective one, is 
while it was nice to see Jack and I completely get that Sam gave him a hug, it is, it, I thought there might've been a little bit more animosity from how things ended with Jack and Dean. But at the same time, the ending of Moira was kind of that emotional catharsis of forgiveness that the Winchesters traditionally go through for each other, much like Sam and Dean in season at the end of season eight and not killing Sam at the end of season 10. So when I think of Jack as a member of the family, it does work. I just thought with how angry they portrayed Dean at the beginning of this season, I would have expected a little bit more outlash, but I was okay. And that they didn't have that at the same time. Okay. So I have a slight rebuttal to that or, or possible explanation. Mm -hmm. Dean ended up because Jack was not there. Dean ended up being so angry at Cass Mm -hmm. because that was the only person that he could, he felt like he could turn his anger on because he was the only one that was left that fucked up. So I think with him being so angry and then having that moment of forgiveness in, Mm. in, you know, purgatory with him. He took out all his anger on somebody else already. I I think so. I think he's, he's done, you know, that's, that's done and over with because with Dean, once he's over it, he's over it. He's good, whatever. And, and so for him forgiving Castiel, I think in an essence, he forgave Jack. And then because that look at the very end, between Jack and Castiel, I kind of feel like Castiel has kind of redeemed himself in Dean's eyes because he might have forgiven Castiel, but Cass always said, I'll fix this. Let me fix this. And I think this was a win for Cass overall, but also in Dean's eyes because, yes, he had forgiven him, but then he also redeemed himself as well. It could very easily be that, and I do think it also plays a little bit into what Ryan said earlier, where the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and he took things out on Jack when he thought Jack was the problem, but when he realizes Chuck is the ultimate asshole, there's bigger, there's bigger fish to fry, and they they only have each other. Sometimes there's bigger stretched out assholes, and you got to go after those. So I give this one an eighty. I enjoyed this episode. Well, you gave it an eighty. Wow! Holy shit! What's wow? Yeah. I just knew he was going to say 70-something. Third favorite episode of the season, pretty much. So Holy far. shit. What was our average after the quarterly review of the entire season? Was it like in the 60s? Like 67? 60.6. Yeah, we're already, and we're already way above that. In the Well, this is what happens when you don't fuck around for so many episodes. True. About stuff so that doesn't true. matter. Wow. Yeah. So it's nice that we finally got some gas going. It's unfortunate that we have to wait a month and a fucking half to continue this roller coaster. I know. And it's going to move to a different It's moving night. to a different night. Yeah, so Wait, we'll, be, we'll be yeah. broadcasting. We talked about this. We'll, we'll be... Pro- Hold on a second. My oh, yeah. We did. Yeah, your mic started crackling. The 86 zip ties. I, I have no idea what's happening with my mic tonight, but... Uh, angel Grace <laughs> got stuck on it. Yeah, a little bit of extra Angel Grace that you missed. <laughs> on my mic? Yeah, because the guy went to shoot for your face. And- oh, jeez. Why do I have to explain this? Because I'm, why would he be shooting at my face is while I'm on microphone? <laughs> You're recording it. Nothing. Okay. Anyways, what I do in like voiceover work for a porno? Is yes. that- yeah, you got to yeah. make the bills, man. You know, you got to pay bills. Dude. When people don't pay Patreon, we got to do other things. <laughs> oh. Okay. So what was I saying? Jesus. Oh, new night. So, th- so that also means that because the show 
drops on Mondays, that means we will now be doing our live discussion on Tuesdays, Tuesday evenings, which we still got to figure out what the hell we're going to be doing with Rain Man now. But Move it to that's Monday. besides the point. I think that's what we have to do, at least until Supernatural is over, is over which yeah. is only what? Which nine is episodes? Not much it, uh, yeah. yeah, nine weeks. April, May. Well, th- that'll be good for listenership that we're getting the episode out literally like the day after now rather True. than like four you know, days later. Yeah. 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 So that'll be a lot of changes. Uh, it's I am. I am annoyed by the break, dude. I'm not going to lie. I am too. Because normally they take two weeks off and there would be three more. Episodes. Stretch it out for syndication purposes and the CW's on greed. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it. Well, no, they have to stretch it out because they still writing the end of the season. So <laughs> that's exactly why they're stretching it. But either way, uh, we will be back with episode 12. Sadly, the nine were, dude, less than 10. I know. Less than Don't remind 10. me. Final countdown makes me sad. But at least I'm happy that it feels like we're moving forward again. It feels like we're moving towards something. I think that's something we can all take solace in. But hopefully it continues to pan out. And hopefully you guys are still listening and we'll see what happens with these last nine episodes of Supernatural. So thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen. We'll see you all next time. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.